it's time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire, and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe, the second official episode of the season four edition of the podcast. Again, uh, nothing but blessings abound here uh, as I start another episode, another year. Uh, obviously, the first episode last week, we uh, we celebrated that, we noted that. So here we go. We're off and running on the uh, new, epi- new episodes, new season of the Get Home Safe podcast. And uh, plenty to talk about today. Plenty to talk about indeed. Uh, how about that? Awful college football national championship game uh, last night. Well, as I record this last, I'm recording on Tuesdays as always. Not as always, but you know what I mean. Uh, you guys are hearing this Wednesday, but man, Monday night, what an awful football national championship. You want to talk about a major letdown. And uh, I've been around a lot of championship games in my life. Uh, some I played, but a lot I, I officiated in. I was uh, a coach in or watched, uh, you know, my alma mater playing uh, a lot of different games like that. And I got to tell you, man, there's nothing worse than, building up all this anticipation for a big game. Oh, it's going to be a great game. Going to be a big game. Can't wait for it. And then boom, it's gone. Uh, if that was a fight, it would have been stopped in the first round and early in the first round because uh, Georgia just took it to uh, TCU, who some would say didn't deserve to be there, whatever. Uh, they 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 beat up Michigan pretty good in the semifinal. And uh, I'm, I'm the only one I know who said this uh, in the past few days, but I mean, it's a scary thought. What would they have done to 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 Michigan? What would Georgia have done to Michigan had they gotten to that game? Because TCU kind of pushed Michigan around quite a bit. And I know you can't always play that game that, well, this team beat that team, so they should beat this team. You can't always do that. But sometimes it, it's at least a, a valid question, if you will. So congrats to the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, and Stetson Bennett, man, what a story. Walk on, uh, you know, he has to go to junior college, comes back to Georgia. Uh, I know he was... Yeah, pretty old, of course, but uh, he is, uh, you know, hey, a two-time back-to-back national championship quarterback. Uh, that says something for sure. And Kirby Smart, man, I don't know if he's taken over the SEC, taken over uh, Alabama, what they've done over the years, but he's he's well on his way. So I think as college football continues to change with the 12-team playoff, um, the, the conferences turning into super conferences, really, all that's really taking shape in 2024. College football may not be uh, the same or as recognizable, I should say, as it has in, in previous years. So it's going to be interesting uh, in, in the metamorphosis, if you will, of, of college football. You know, the, the name, image, and likeness, the money deals, um, the transfer portal, guys moving left and right all the time. I don't know. I don't know what to say about it. Um, some people are kind of like, this is why we shouldn't have uh, the small schools get in the playoff because this could happen. I got news for you. Georgia probably would have done that to a lot of teams. As a matter of fact, they did this year did do that to a lot of teams. Um, Ohio State obviously had them up against the ropes. Um, and, and TCU, maybe they spent all they had in, in the, the Michigan game. Who knows? But that's the beauty of a playoff, I think, when you really have to string together uh, multiple huge games, uh, winner, winner, go home games. That's why a playoff is so important. Whereas a few years ago when it was just, okay, you and you are the best two teams. Uh, you, you go, go play right now. I mean, 
the beauty of the playoffs to me is a team gets hot at the right time. Uh, maybe there's an upset or two. Some of the greatest teams in in uh, in sports history. Think of uh, the, the Patriots, right? Think of those Kentucky teams, undefeated. You know, some some amazing teams that lost in the postseason when everyone said, "Oh, they're going to win it hands down." That's the beauty of sports to me is that uh, David can't slay Goliath, and it was not David's night on Monday night. But uh, hey, every now and then the stone uh, finds its place and that's something to see. So I think with a true national champion, world champion, uh, European, uh, South American world champ, however they determine their stuff, um, you have to have some sort of multiple wins to advance, in my opinion. That's where you really determine who is tried and true, who, who has not only got there, but who can sustain themselves against not one, not two, but multiple good teams in a win or go home situation. And that's what makes uh, playoffs uh, really something special in fighting. It's a little different. Once you get that championship belt, you are the King. It's like, okay, anyone who challenges you for that belt, it's like every game's a playoff game, right? For you, but you've rightfully earned that spot. So with football, it's a new year every season. And uh, you know, you start over, but Georgia man going wire to wire, 15 and 0, winning the SEC, winning the college football playoff. Um, I'm just glad that we're gonna get to 12 teams. And some of you may say, well, it'll just be more blowouts and this and that. And there'll be some blowouts on there, of course. Um, but you know what? It it'll mean more to me as a as a fan to see a national champion have to win at least three games to be get to the playoffs. Uh, the top four seeds are only gonna have to win three games. If you're a Cinderella, hey, you're going to have to win four. So to me, it would really, uh, it would really make something stand out more, solidify it really as a national champion. So how the way it used to be, you'd have a great season, you're undefeated. Okay, you and you play in 50 days. We're going to wait around for it, and you could just prepare, prepare, prepare. But I think a downside to TCU's loss also is. Hey, they had a while to prepare for Michigan and then boom, right away. All right, you got to prepare for the next juggernaut. That's what I'm talking about with a playoff system, a playoff. I, I used to even went back when I was an NBA fan. I used to not like when there'd be like three days off between games for travel. Like they'd play on a, a Sunday and they wouldn't play again till a Thursday or a Wednesday. It was like, what's okay. Take one day to travel, but then bring it back. That's why I like the baseball playoffs. It's one day after another. There's no waiting. It's just right, right back into it. And similarly with football, the, the NFL playoffs for this weekend, can't wait for that. You get to see your team hopefully survive. And then it's on to the next team. There's no big celebrations. Oh, we've got, we've got another 50 days to prepare. It's now man, it's five, six days, turn it around, see what you're made of. And, and that's where, uh, this only the strong survive. If, uh, I guess is the best way to put it. So an awful, an awful championship game. I hate all this buildup for big games. And then it turns into a blowout. Um, that's just the way sports is sometimes. And uh, it's kind of, no, it's kind of like Christmas, all this buildup. And then oh, all of a sudden it's over. And yes, I do still have my Christmas tree up uh, for you crazy folks out there who take it down December 26th. I mean, with a machete, with a hacksaw, with a, with an ax, just, just taking down the Christmas spirit uh, as soon as uh, all the gifts are unwrapped. What is that all about? When is the best time? When when should people tear down, tear down, take down their Christmas tree? What do you guys think? I'm a mid-January guy. I like it coming after uh, my birthday. Yes, I did have a birthday. No, no secret there. Had a great time this weekend with some friends and uh, and uh, just hanging out at Big Al's in Ontario. 
Their TV situation is incredible. It looks like uh, sports books in Vegas where TVs everywhere on the walls and lounges. Uh, it's a place where you can bring the family. Mom and dad get some uh, some dinner, some drinks maybe, and then there's bowling alleys, arcades. It's massive, an awesome place to uh, celebrate, and we did that on Saturday watching uh, the Chiefs Raiders and then that uh, Jaguars-Titans game, but I highly recommend Big Al's. But back to the tree. Uh, out there in Ontario, not too far from Ontario Airport. And I think there's a few others uh, nationwide. But anyway, uh, with the tree, I like it coming in mid-January. And my theory is this. I like having the tree up like November 1st, but I, I lose the vote sometimes. So I go, I strive for mid, mid-November. mid If I can get the tree up mid-November, that gives me obviously a month and a half. Because you, you, you got to have the tree up at least until New Year's Day. I mean, I saw some people outside on New Year's Day cutting their or taking their outdoor Christmas decorations down. I'm like, what are you? Come on, man. It's New Year's. You can't do that. But but for some people, they probably see that as the perfect time to do it. And I think you got to leave your tree up at least until New Year's Day, your, your Christmas lights and your Christmas tree. New Year's Day, I think that is a fair uh, cutoff. I like to leave it up till about mid-January. After that, it's like, okay, dude, it's over. We get it. But I'm a mid-November to mid-January guy that maxes out your time. You get right about two months of uh, of Christmas spirit there, Christmas joy. So that's the way I operate. It's not the way you you need to. It's just a little insight into uh, the way I the way I manage everything. And because it's tough, you t- tear down those Christmas decorations, and it's just your house feels so empty, and you're just like, ah, the only thing that can get you through it. Is the NFL playoffs, which Duke start this weekend. I'm wearing my uh, beloved LA Rams sweatshirt here since uh, representing my five and 12 football team that uh, did win the Super Bowl last year, but no big deal. Uh, bad things come uh, sometimes. And I'm really hoping that Sean McVay does not walk away. There's, there's plenty of reports and talks that he's considering his future. And, and my thought is this, he won the Super Bowl last year, youngest coach to do it. He's been to two Super Bowls in six years, missed the playoffs twice in those six years. Um, so, so plenty of winning seasons. I think had it in those four playoff runs had a playoff win in all, but see one, one, they did not, did they win it? Let's see. I think they won a playoff game in all of their playoff appearances. So, uh, so that's pretty, no, no, except for the first one against Atlanta in 2017. Uh, anyway, not talking about the Rams, uh, glory here. Just, I think with someone like Sean McVay, he's 36 years old. He just got married, gonna, you know, potentially have a family and do all those things. I think the competitor in him, in him uh, I just, I don't think he'd want to walk away with after a five and 12 season. Like, Hey, that's how you're going to remember this guy. Uh, he won the super bowl and then this, and then this happened. Right. Um, I think you got to come back at least one more year. I would, I would think maybe hopefully a couple years and be like, well, let's, uh, let's see what we can do here and m- maybe not win a super bowl, but at least get in the playoffs. Right. And then you're like, Oh, at that point, then you're like, okay, the, the five and 12 year, uh, was a fluke, ton of injuries, this and that. I mean, think about all the people, Cooper cup, Aaron Donald, the, the entire offensive line, uh, Matthew Stafford. Uh, that's where I swallow the season. I'm just like, okay, hey, bad is bad, but uh, you, you hopefully, hopefully it doesn't happen uh, that often. Last year, they won a Super Bowl. They were, they were very healthy. So uh, that just goes to show you how important health is. And everyone's banged up. I mean, the 49ers are on their third quarterback and they're doing just fine. So sometimes it's just key pieces that really damage me, damage you, damage you in your season. But back to McVay, um, 
I don't know. I don't want him to leave. Obviously I think he's going to leave eventually and uh, maybe not even pursue the broadcasting right away, but I find it crazy, man. And maybe you guys disagree. I'm, I'm a big, big capitalist and Hey, make what you can, but isn't it, isn't it odd that the people that are paid to criticize coaches decisions and break down their every move um, isn't it weird that those guys make like a lot more money than the actual coaches? So think about it. You're paid more to criticize. Co- I'm talking like the big time broadcasters, right? Uh, uh, I'll just throw out some most of some guys like, as an example, guys like Colin Cowherd, Stephen A. Smith, uh, Skip Bayless. I think all those guys make over 10 million a year. And the NFL coaches, uh, they I don't I don't know any guys that are making 10. Maybe maybe Belichick. I don't know what McVay is doing, but most NFL coaches don't make 10 million a year. The John Gruden deal. 10 million for 10 years. That was an anomaly. That was like a big reason he took it out of the broadcast booth was to make that kind of money. Now broadcasters, not not even just the booth guys or the radio guys, Tony Romo. I mean, those guys are making like 17 million, a million a game to go broadcast a game. I mean, it's just weird. I, 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 if that's the market, if that's what they're paying them, fine. But it's just crazy to me that you get paid more to criticize someone who's doing a very, very difficult job uh, and and spending sleepless nights, waking up at four, going to bed at midnight. And just uh, those guys are just, I mean, look at Cliff Kingsbury. He got fired on, on Monday. And um, I mean, his eyes just look awful. Like the guy never sleeps. So it, it's attractive to do less work, different kind of work uh, and to get paid more for it. If, if that's what the market is, and by all means go for it. But I just, I'm hoping that the competitor in Sean McVay, uh, it will bring him back and, uh, he will eventually step away from the Rams. It's been a fun run, uh, a run that I never thought I'd see as a Rams fan. And if it's over, it's over. Um, I can live with it. I, and maybe in another 20 years, another uh, McVay will come along, but it is what it is. Uh, a lot of fans out there would, would kill for the last, uh, you know, five or six years. So, um, the thing is, if he leaves, he's going to come back. He's too young to just be done with it altogether. And now he's been doing it since he was 22, 23 years old. But um, it, it is interesting. He was, uh, he, and he's, he's confirmed that, yeah, he's thinking it over. Um, is this his final season? Like, you don't want to rush into any decision. I think he's going to take a little time. And um, uh, the competitor in these guys, even like Sean Payton, he, he stepped away, and, and now a year later, he's he's thinking of going back. Bill Parcells, think of all the times he went back and forth, right? And he had health issues also, but but it's just unprecedented, really, that a guy who's 36, who's one of the top guys in his profession, could step away to pursue another profession. Uh, it's, it's eerily similar. I'm not saying McVeigh is John Madden, but Madden, uh, his stress, he stepped away from the game way early. A lot of people thought he had a lot of years left and he, he started a whole nother, whatever it was, 30, 40 year career as a broadcaster. So, uh, Sean McVay, he's good at the microphone. He he's good at a, a lot of things, uh, except when he's got a banged up, uh, uh, team and maybe he looks at the future too. And is just like, you know what? We don't have any draft picks. Uh, the team is, uh, you know, the stars are getting older. It's just crazy how quickly, things can, can transform, right? You, for, you're at the top of the world uh, in February. And then uh, here we go, almost a, a full year later. And uh, you, you're thinking about uh, walking away. And the, the reports for last year, he was thinking about walking away too. So um, who knows what'll happen? I, I would hope that all the competitive speeches he gives about, you know, working through adversity and things that that will in fact bring him back. And if it doesn't Godspeed, I mean, I, I, I think he'll be back coaching 
uh, you know, within five years or so. And hopefully it's back with uh, LA's first professional sports team, the Los Angeles Rams. So uh, I'll be mad if he leaves, but uh, Hey, I mean, everyone's got uh, their freedom to uh, come and go as they please. And I would wish him nothing but the best in moving forward. We can officially play taps uh, for my LA Rams as uh, their season came to an end on Sunday with a loss to Seattle in overtime. They almost got Jared Goff in the postseason with their big win over uh, Green Bay. But those uh, those fighting Seattle Pete Carroll's they uh, they just kept coming and uh, they they got in the playoffs somehow when everyone wrote them off at the beginning of the year. When uh, how could they do anything without Russell Wilson? Well, they've done just fine and they're up to a very tall task this weekend as they start the playoffs. Uh, up in Santa Clara against the San Francisco 49ers, the number two seed in the NFC. And uh, it's third time, obviously, they have played this year. Uh, the first game of the playoffs in the uh, 1 o'clock afternoon on S Saturday. Uh, I don't think Seattle has enough firepower. I think maybe they can keep it close if they can get some pressure on Purdy and shut down the run because uh, th they're going to run this offense through, through McCaffrey for sure. If, if Seattle can maybe shut down the run and try to make Purdy beat them, Maybe they can keep it close, but I, I do think San Francisco wins uh, the game this uh, this weekend uh, as much as it kills me. I mean, I have to wait for the next three or four weeks for one of my uh, two possible nightmares to occur, either the San Francisco 49ers or the Dallas Cowboys win the Super Bowl. It would just be devastating. Uh, here we are. The 2023 postseason is underway. And for those of you, because I have to educate some people out there, yes, the NFL playoffs are this weekend. Two games Saturday, three games Sunday, and one on Monday night. Wild card weekend. Seven teams from each conference get in the NFL playoffs. There's an NFC and an AFC helping you out here. Uh, you know, some of you dads out there who don't know how this works. I don't know why you wouldn't, but um, number one overall seed in each conference gets a bye. So the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs are not playing this week. They get to rest and enter in the second round, a.k.a. the divisional round. So this weekend, our playoff matchups. I mentioned the number two seed, uh, uh, San Francisco 49ers hosting the Seattle Seattle Seahawks. Um, I did hear every wild card matchup this year, all six of them are rematches of games from the regular season. So that's a pretty cool fun fact. Uh, tough to beat a team twice, really tough to beat a team three times in San Francisco's case, but I think they are up for the challenge indeed. Uh, on Saturday evening, the San Diego, I'm sorry, L.A. kind of chargers uh, are going to Jacksonville to play uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. These two teams are very similar, in my opinion. I'm going to go with the uh, the hometown SoCal uh, kids, uh, San Diego Chargers, L.A. Chargers, whatever they are, uh, going to Jacksonville. Two really good young quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence and uh, and and. Justin Herbert playing for the Chargers, uh, uh, kind of a more experienced head coach with Jacksonville, I would think, who's been there before. Um, so whoever comes out of this game of Vic Victor, I don't think they're going to go much further than uh, the second round, but it'll be a fun game uh, with two really good young quarterbacks going at it. And uh, man, there hasn't been a playoff game in uh, this big in Jacksonville in, in quite some time. Uh, remember they beat, remember they won that went to the AFC Championship back in whatever that was twenty. 16 maybe or somewhere in there. Uh, anyway, on to Sunday, three big games Sunday, Miami at Buffalo, the New York football giants at Minnesota and Baltimore at Cincinnati. Um, I like all three home teams in this, uh, this situation on Saturday. You just don't know what you're going to get from Miami and their quarterback. Although they did play well in Buffalo a few short weeks ago, uh, Minnesota, 
I, I don't know if they're frauds or not, but I'm not that impressed with the New York Giants. I'm happy to see them. The G-men back in the playoffs. Brian Dable has done a heck of a job. But I just think uh, the Vikings a little, little stronger offensively. Th- their point in differential has been weird all year. I think they... They, they haven't won that many games by, by a lot of points, but uh, hey, they're getting victories and that's all that matters in the postseason. Win ugly in advance. So uh, I do think the Vikings will will take down um, the New York Giants. Remember the Minnesota-Minneapolis miracle, the uh, the walk-off against the Saints, what, a few years ago? Uh, that, was, that was a pretty crazy playoff game in Minnesota not too long ago. I think that's the last time uh, there was a postseason game there. Anyway, the nightcap Baltimore at Cincinnati, great rivalry indeed. Uh, who's going to play quarterback for the Ravens? It does not look like Lamar Jackson, so I got to go Cincinnati here, even though Baltimore will have some schemes. I think Baltimore will keep this game low scoring, um, somewhere in like the 20 to 20 to 10, 20 to 13 range. But uh, But I think Joe Burrow is having himself a heck of a year, and uh, we'll take Cincinnati deep in the playoffs this year. And finally, on Monday, the second time they've done this, the uh, Monday night wild card game, pretty cool. I, I prefer having three games on Saturday, three on Sunday, but hey, I don't get to vote on this. Uh, Dallas at Tampa Bay. What's in- interesting here is uh, you got two different teams, a Dallas team that has struggled in the postseason, historically recent history, of course, the past uh, 20, whatever it is, 25 years or so, 26 or 27 years. Uh, and then they're going up against Tampa Bay, who obviously is uh, led by Tom Brady, the uh, most winningest postseason quarterback of all time, seven Super Bowls, who's coming into this game with a terrible season, terrible record, eight and nine. Uh, something's got to give here. Some would say, well, Dallas, so they're a better team. And I think on paper they are. But there's something about that Brady magic, man. He he pulls it out of nowhere. Just when you think you can write him off, uh, he does something crazy. Dallas has not been playing well these past few weeks. I'm taking Tampa Bay in the upset, even though they are at home. Uh, it's hard to bet against Tom Brady in January or February for that matter. But I think uh, Dallas playoff woes continue. At least I hope they do. And uh, Tom Brady comes out victorious and everyone starts rolling their eyes again. Oh, no. We, we thought we were done with all this Tom Brady playoff stuff. Um, they haven't scored many points this year, so maybe Dallas will just roll them. I don't know. Um, but I think Tom Brady will find a way to win in advance, and uh, then it is uh, off to the second round of the divisional round. My Two of my favorite weekends here in uh, just in the year, I would say. The, the wild card weekend, six games now and then followed up by the divisional round two games saturday two games sunday so four games total it makes taking down those christmas decorations a little easier when you know you could sit back watch some uh, playoff football and i'll tell you this much there won't be any 65 to 13 games uh in, in the in the nfl postseason that's just not how it works in the nfl nfl heck a, a blowout game is like uh, three touchdowns or more in the NFL because uh, they're they're that much closer to uh, to each other and uh, it it should be very exciting. I can't wait for it this weekend. Gonna try to put the tree away maybe a little early on uh, Saturday and then uh, get to that couch and enjoy uh, the weekend. Already got the menu mapped out of some things we want to purchase and buy uh, and uh, maybe make as well. And you know what's you know what's troubling? It's 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 good but it's bad are those Instagram like food videos where some guy will just show you all the ingredients and just map it out for you. So it looks so easy and then shows you the end result. And then your mouth is just watering because you're like, Oh, Oh man. Like I saw these little, like, was it trite? No, it was like meat off the bone. So like shredded 
ribs, like little slider thing. Oh my goodness. It was just, I was like, Oh, playoff football's here. We, we got to do something. So we will see uh, what happens there uh, in the next couple of days. Uh, got some food ideas for sure. And uh, going to enjoy what is that? Six times for 24 quarters of playoff football here in the NFL. Uh, it's winner go home. And I think it's the best playoffs uh, around hockey, a close second with the uh, seven games, seven game physical series and everything. But uh, I love the NFL playoffs because it is just one game. And, and usually, well, can't say always, but uh, a lot of times the, the best team wins. But uh, sometimes, uh, you know, Cinderella, the six or seven seed knocks the big guys out and uh, and and it is all done. Uh, it's kind of somber this weekend. Uh, well, I should say last weekend was a little somber and then we did get the game on Monday, but you wake up and there's no college football, uh, on Saturday for the first time since August 25th or something, August 27th, maybe it was an odd feeling. And I know for a lot of the college football season, I was going to work on Saturdays at FedEx and everything. But now that I was working, uh, working nights, working back, uh, Monday through Friday, it's been uh, a lot, a lot better. And, able to watch a lot more college football the last you know month and a half or whatever but it was sad waking up and being like no all all the christmas gifts they're all gone <laughs> you know it's kind of how it felt on a saturday with no uh no college football and i think what that does for me i don't know about you guys but that kind of is the official start for me of like all right let's tune in to a little bit of college basketball let's check out how some of these uh, conference games are going and start to learn a little bit about more about teams as we uh, load up here for March Madness. So I, it's usually about two months of college basketball. I'm able to to watch in January, February, and then March Madness hits and it's uh, away we go. So uh, I did watch a little college basketball uh, on Saturday. And, and as, as fun as it was, it, it just wasn't the same, man. There's just something about uh, football and football being the, the best sport and most popular sport in America, of course. Um, and uh, yeah, it's tough tr tough transition, but we do it every year. We uh, we get through it and uh, and uh, we uh, we move on and we look forward to uh, the, the the next season. Uh, but we have plenty of football left in the NFL. Um, again, congrats to the Georgia Bulldogs uh, who will be back again next year and uh, so gave us some uh, really really great memories. Now a quick commercial transition, if you will. Um, I want to I want to work with this analogy here. This I came up with this because I, I keep getting all of this pushback uh, from about soccer being. Oh, man, it's the most popular sport in the world. Most popular sport in the world. Come on, man. Football. Football's football's so lame. It's just, oh, might as well be, might as well not even exist. And it's like, yeah, but it was the most watched television show in America. And that was the the, the pushback I got was, uh, was, uh, excuse me, was, uh, yeah, in America. That's the difference. I'm like, oh, okay. So big fish in a small pond. I'm like, yeah, the only pond you can drink water out of more probably if you know what i mean anyway little joke there uh i, I don't i don't uh well, i don't take anything back here on the podcast <laughs> but anyway um so anyway to the people out there and you know who you are who continue to say how amazing soccer is because it's the most popular that's what i keep hearing popular popularity i was never popular so that's why i kind of fight back against this stuff popular is what matters I've already given you my thoughts on soccer and how it's, you know, France, how, how could France be a top team in a sport? How could, you know, terrorists liking the sport? I'm going to make it even more simple for you, Mr. Popular guy. Um, 
there might be a few people, or I could just be talking to one person and he knows who he is. But uh, if soccer is the most popular sport, it should be good, right? So I think with that logic, soccer friend, um, you should be the biggest Joe Biden president supporter around because he, after all, he's the most popular president in American history with his 85 million votes. Therefore, oh, he's the World Cup of Presidents. And if you believe popularity is the most important thing, I want consistency. Let's be consistent here. Maybe um, football is the red hat in your life and that needs to come off and you need a uh, a Biden uh, onesie or whatever. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. Soccer fan. You know who you are. Yes, you. One of the funniest things I've ever heard, it was uh, years ago when uh, Jim Rome, when he, see, he's, he sold out. A lot of these guys sold out. The guys that used to make fun of soccer, they like sold out because it became like, the, no, you have to like soccer now. What? Jim Rome said, oh, the U.S. lost in the, the round of uh, whatever it was, fourth round or second, wherever, wherever they stopped not having ties, they were eliminated. And uh, he said, it's a tragic day for U.S. soccer fans, both of you. <laughs> I, I thought that was so funny. <laughs> but anyway, um, I, I think if soccer is the most popular sport in the world, man, I, I think we have a president who's the most popular president of all time. I, I think you should support him more. You should get behind it. You know what I mean? Some of you maybe already do. And you're like, yeah, get on board. Don't think I'm, and don't, they're not reading between the lines right now that I'm, that I'm kind of kidding, but I'm, I'm taking the logic that someone else uses and rather than call them a name, like maybe it's people on some sides of the aisle constantly do, they don't debate, they don't use logic or facts or any of those things. You throw facts at me, I'll throw facts at you. Most popular sport in the world. Well, we currently have the most popular president in the world and, uh, or in the, in the country in American history. So, Hey, be careful with that logic, man. That's all I'm saying. I prefer quality over quantity my good man love you you know who you are i'm sure he'll be calling in real real soon uh anyway that's my soccer take for the week i just can't let it go i know it, it leaves it lives rent free in my head um which is weird because uh, i hate paying rent and i barely make it every month but but hey sure enough it happens so most popular uh game in the world well that's very logical. Most most popular uh, ruler of all time. Maybe that's who, uh, who we should be worshiping as well. Um, I have a few things to say. Oh, you know what I saw a couple of weeks ago is the NHL outdoor game. I think it's right around New Year's Day. That thing is so cool to see. I think they played it at, yeah, Fenway Park. And it was uh, Pittsburgh at Boston. And even if you don't like hockey, like watching hockey outdoors, it, it's very, very cool. Very, very neat. And uh, I don't know how they transformed it. They did the Ducks and Kings at Dodger Stadium, you know, years back. And that just didn't quite have the same feel as, you know, uh, a, a game at uh, Green Bay or games in these football stadiums. But to see it at uh, Fenway Park, that was pretty cool to see. I definitely watched a, a lot of that over the course of, uh, of the weekend. And uh, what was that? I think it was last weekend, but whenever it was. That soccer outdoor game. We need more of that. What would be the equivalent? I know people love the Field of Dreams game um, in, in Iowa. Uh, I, I've seen – this was so cool, man. They've done this a few years in college basketball, playing that game outdoors in San Diego on an aircraft carrier. 
nothing's more patriotic than that. Let's let's go let's go uh, hit the decks. You know what I mean? Uh, football. I don't know what you could do. Maybe play. Um, people have talked about playing it in a Friday Night Lights uh, high school football stadium. I guess that'd be cool. Um, I don't know what you could do with college or pro football. Like some people have said, play an NBA game at uh, Rucker Park, but you know we don't need NBA stuff. Um, anyway, it's 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 cool when they play these sports. Uh, in another like venue, the, the baseball also did like a little league world series, uh, game in Williamsport. That was pretty neat. So, uh, kudos to the NHL. Who's been playing that outdoor game for quite some time. Really cool to see, uh, outdoor hockey as it, uh, I guess was invented or, or whatever. Um, now going to a rather serious, uh, point here, just question. Cause you know, you're not allowed to make theories right they're called conspiracy theories if you say something uh out loud or whatever so uh i'm just gonna throw this out there you know damar hamlin uh, is doing great which is uh, awesome to see happy to happy to see him up and tweeting and uh making a speedy recovery but i just want to ask you guys who um again everyone ha can have their own opinion you can inject yourself with whatever you want to inject yourself with uh well at least this to some extent we do have some laws but for now um but my question is, how many, like, just a ballpark? Is it is it 100? Is it 1,000? Is it a million? How many young athletes need to die? Or uh, young 21, 23-year-old, how many young dudes, young girls even, uh, athletes, usually around college age, um, how many of them need to drop and have some heart-related issue or condition uh, a lot of them have died just today, a 21 year old, uh, on the, uh, air force football team, uh, an offensive lineman. Uh, he just, he just dropped and dead and died. Uh, earlier in the week, there was a college basketball player. He dropped and, and died. And maybe you guys aren't seeing this stuff, but maybe let's start looking this up since, you know, I don't know if, how good the media is about posting things out there that they don't want to get out there, but there's been quite a few young athletes who are dropping and dying. Um, heart-related issues. Now, I am not saying any specific reason why, but the fact that we're not asking the reason why, like, hey, why is this happening now versus maybe in years prior? There's there's something going on. And if you refuse to ask that question or censor people who are asking that question, there's something seriously wrong with you if you're not trying to get to the bottom uh, as, as to why some of these things are happening. Um I'm, I'm just throwing it out there. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I told you I'm a conspiracy realist. And uh, pretty soon that that term will uh, will be uh, flowing, I'm sure, because a lot of these conspiracy theories, everything. How do I say this? Not everything. Many of the things that were censored the past two years, we'll say, uh, have like come true. All of the scientists who were censored for saying uh, be skeptical of the shot or, Hey, masks don't work. All of those guys who were censored, they, they've been proven true, truthful. And what you don't get from people who were wrong, uh, is apologies or, Hey, we should have listened to these people. You don't get any of that. That just kind of goes away. If you lie about something, you're not held accountable. You just gone away. I saw, uh, Jason Whitlock, who I love, uh, went off on this stuff earlier in the week. Clay Travis, same thing. He pointed out some great things on his Twitter account. Be sure to check him out on some of the things he, he's been saying. Um, he tries to back things up with, you know, facts and data and uh, and Whitlock, you know, calling a lot of these commentators in the sports world, uh, you know, hypocrites, 
and cowards for, for lecturing everybody on uh, taking, making medical decisions for themselves uh, and not going, falling in line like everyone else did. But now that there's some athletes dying, dropping dead, uh, just dropping and, and, and thankfully surviving, no one's asking the question, Hey, could this be because, and I'm not even going to say it because I don't want to throw it out there, but you know what I'm trying to say. Is this because of something or don't, oh, you can't do that. Don't you dare do that. You you can be lectured on why you were selfish and not taking uh, a certain medical uh, examination, we'll say. But if you bring up possible repercussions for those things, oh, no, 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 you can't do that. You see it. It's a one-way street. I already talked about this last week how the river flows and you will get in line. You will not row upstream. You will not do it. Start asking questions, start looking up things for yourself. And uh, I know it's hard because Google sensors, YouTube sensors, all these things, but um, start looking up young athletes who have died in the past just a year, past few months. Um, a matter of fact, we got a little time. Let's do that right now. Uh, but yeah, it was, let's see, Air Force Academy. This is right here. Heavy hearts. We share the loss of a cadet, uh, Hunter Brown, who died Monday after suffering a medical emergency while on his way to class. So apparently what just walk into class and uh, drop dead. Healthy 21-year-old football player. Weird. Um, I don't know his status. I don't know his situation. I am just throwing it out there, guys, because no one else seems to want to do this. Clay Travis had a... Uh, Really good, good tweet. I wanted you guys to to go check out, but it's just interesting to me that they're not they're not even asking the question. And if you do ask a question, oh, you're just you're one of those uh, anti whatevers. Like the fact that you can't ask questions is very, very odd. Very, very odd. And there's some definite fraud going on here. Um, but this is, let's see, Clay Travis, he tweeted all, I think I tweeted all this. He said, uh, it's becoming increasingly clear we have a significant number of young, healthy athletes dying suddenly at ab abnormal rates. When will Dr. Fauci allow us to start asking questions? When will all the sports media who said it wasn't safe to play sports because of COVID ask questions? I think it's a, that's a very valid question. Wherever you stand on things, and heck, if you were lied to, hey, it's okay. It's okay. We all make mistakes. But the people that were right about most things and and take the non-scientists like, like me or other people, <laughs> we had our reasoning for not wanting to do things uh, and were, you know, figuratively spat upon and told we were selfish and said, uh, you know what, you, you're going to kill people. I find it interesting. That's all. That's all I'm saying. I just find all of this interesting. Um, again, check out Clay Travis, Twitter. Some of the things he said, Jason Whitlock can't say enough about him. He's fearless. That's literally the name of his show. And, uh, that's just my question to everyone out there. What's the number, how many young people, and I say young people, uh, 18, uh, into your, into your thirties, early thirties, maybe. Um, cause that, that was some, that was some crazy conspiracy theory stuff, right? A 18 to 35 year old, uh, young man, especially, uh, we are seeing, uh, a, a spike in myocarditis, uh, maybe some after effects of, uh, said, uh, procedure. We will say, no, that's not, that's, that's all fake. That's false. That's misinformation, right? 
misinformation. You see how it all works? You label something misinformation, and then when that misinformation comes out to be true, then you go silent. That's how this works, guys. You don't know that? Oh, you guys got to you guys got to start paying attention. Anyway, uh, one good thing that uh, I, I don't know if I'll end with, but um, I, I saw here uh, was that that whole Speaker of the House thing was pretty wild, by the way, on the Capitol Hill. I didn't really care that much about it, but a lot of people seem to. But uh, apparently uh, this occurred recently, which thank God uh, the Pentagon has ended its COVID vaccine mandate for the U.S. military after Kevin McCarthy demanded that it be pulled out of the National Defense Authorization Act that was approved last month. Well, it is about damn time. That was one of the worst decisions uh, the government has made, and there's been plenty of them. Hey, let's kick guys out of the military who are serving and sacrificing their lives uh, or, or want to put their uh, put themselves in harm way for us, but they don't want to take a little shot. Let's get rid of them. We'll get rid of the best people for the job and bring in uh, the leftovers, right? How many members of the military were fired? Uh, I think they deserve back pay. And uh, that goes for law enforcement, for all these uh, these these jobs, especially those in the uh, in the um, first responding and and law enforcement and military who were forced lied to about uh, this was needed for them. When uh, oh we care about your health, you you never gave a damn about their health. You wanted a weaker military, you wanted weaker law enforcement, and you saw this as a way to do it, and you you portrayed it as a way. That it was, oh, you put your, you, that was your big uh, Trojan horse was to, oh, this is about safety. What did I tell you guys? Not just during the pandemic, but in officiating, in anything. If you use the S word safety, oh, this is for safety. Drop everything you're doing. You drop, safety is the magic word. It's much like when uh, your girlfriend or wife says the word fine. I mean, that should be like a red alert. What? No. Oh, no. That's the F word. People say that people say the F word. No, the F word in a relationship is fine. By the way, if you say that, drop what you're doing and uh, ask for forgiveness, gentlemen, or um, start cleaning, or I don't know, just start doing something that will make the relationship better. Fine is the F word in a relationship that should set off all kinds of alarms and buzzers. At least these, I know I'm only, I'm 38 now that I'm learning these things late in my life uh, as you know, trial, trial by fire, if you will. But uh, what was the word I said? Oh, safety. Yes. Safety is like thus saith the Lord to some people. Dennis Prager says stuff like that all the time, which is why I love listening to him, but safety, the God of safety. How about, how about common sense and fair play? And uh, firm, you know, the, the the where do you go for wisdom, man? And I know I I I I'm all over the place now as I wrap this thing up here. But you you got it. <laughs> common sense is not so common anymore, and it's crazy. And people worship the mask, they worship the vax, they worship safety, 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 safety. Um, do you guys remember that line in uh, the Sandlot where the mom? Scotty's in the in his room playing with his his toys or whatever, and his mom's just like, "I want you to get out this summer, make some friends." She's like, "Get dirty, scrape your knees, get into trouble, only a little, but get into trouble." And it's like, yeah, sometimes safety isn't always the answer. Sometimes it's good to to scrape your knees. Sometimes it's good to hit your head on something and learn learn a lesson or two. Like, 
I, I'm still hurting myself daily at work. And it's just like, should have known better. Well, I don't sit there and be like, oh, what? How come no one told me that this was going to hurt or be dangerous? I want my babies. No. An abundance of caution. That's another one. I'm, I'm throwing out all kinds of terms of, of things I hear. But um, one final story. I want you guys, I'm again, putting it on you guys to check this out because I want you guys a little accountability to the, off uh, to the offense, to the audience out there. I want you guys to look up the story of Jennifer Say. Uh, last name is S E Y. She was a former, uh, let's see, former exe business executive, uh, used to work for, uh, Levi's and she just recently wrote a book. I've heard her on a few different podcasts talking about her story. Uh, but her story is phenomenal. It's uh, try to read a, a brief synopsis of her story. If you will, basically she worked for, uh, Levi Strauss. She was in the running to potentially be one of their CEOs, uh, a very left-wing uh, woman position on a lot of different things. But her crime was basically saying two years ago, hey, we need to get kids back in schools. And she tweeted stuff like that. She was instantly attacked by the left. Uh, the left does eat their own uh, a lot of times. And um, they they called her every name in the book. She called They called her a racist, even though she has two black children. Uh, they They... They just came out. They called her a right, right wing, uh, QAnon support. They called her all of these things. And it was eye-opening to her as to how uh, perhaps some of her morals and values um, that she has been carrying her, her, whole, her whole life, if one or two things has been a lie, maybe it's all been a lie. So she is re-examining a lot of her um, her belief systems and and just kind of the ridiculousness that is um our daily life sometimes and the decisions that that we make and we things we go through her book is called Levi's Unbuttoned rather clever title uh it's the woke mob took my job but gave me my voice uh, i heard her story um i may get her book uh, as well but if you don't have time to to read the book please check it out. I heard her interviewed uh, by Prager and I thought I had to share that with you guys because I know I have a lot of audience out there who are pretty conservative, but there's a lot of people too who uh, maybe moderates, lean left or whatever. And and I and I do think that there's different levels to our belief systems. Okay, there's conservative, there's uh, you know moderate right, moderate left, whatever. Uh, there's liberal, um, there's left, and then there's woke. And I think le the, the leftism, the leftist wokeism, I think that is a far cry from people that are moderate left or would would, would be considered liberal. Um, I may not be saying it all uh, the best way, but I do know that there's only kind of one side of the aisle really that was trying to uh, limit uh, free speech, trying to limit um, uh, our just our, our walk of life and, and uh, the way in which we're able to do things and people censoring and people taking jobs away. There's just kind of it always seems to come from one side, whereas I would say most people on the right side of the aisle, they just, they're all for liberty. Leave me alone. Let me do my thing. And, uh, you know, God and country, be good to others. All those, all those nice things. Anyway, I've rambled enough. Please check out Jennifer Lee's story. It was a uh, pretty awesome. Look it up, give it a Google as they say. And, uh, really, really, really interesting. Uh, she was a former, let's see, was, oh, gymnast. So she's, Play, you know, played in sports, uh, was on the 1986 U.S. Women's National Championship team or something like that. So she's a former athlete, and I, I love when former athletes uh, take their their work and their lessons into whatever 
avenue or field uh, they end up in, uh, you know, I can respect that and dev definitely respect people who've gone through adversity like uh, she has. And it was just a really, really good story. So uh, enjoy the games this weekend, guys. I know I bounced all around, talked about the playoffs, talked about McVay, uh, the awful bull championships series game. They don't call it that anymore. The national championship game or whatever that was. Uh, that was fun, but uh, I'm looking forward to the 12 team playoff um, in a couple of years. And I think hopefully uh, things will be a little bit better. Maybe. Georgia won't get all of the top dogs, uh, no pun intended, and uh, it'll be a little more spread out. Hopefully USC can uh, get up in there and maybe get a win or two. That would sure be nice, right? Enjoy the football playoffs. I will be back next week reacting to the six games that I just predicted. We'll see uh, how I did. And, um, yeah, guys, take those Christmas tree and lights down if you haven't already, but do so. Uh, shed a, a fake tear, if you will, for me. And remember that uh, if you're going to say soccer is the most important sport in the world or whatever, because it's the most popular, well, then I guess I know who you're voting for in the next election. Have a good one, guys. Love you, especially you, who you know I'm giving cheap shots to. Jab, jab, cross, whatever, brother. You know, it's all in good fun. Uh, we'll be back next week. Enjoy the fights. Enjoy the football. Enjoy the feast. One or two last feasts, maybe before we, uh, you know, get ready to uh, to uh, shut down the football uh, football diet for for the uh, the past few months, and we have to live February until September or August without football. It'll be a dark time on the horizon, but we'll get through it. Let's enjoy it first. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. But as always, guys, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe. <laughs>